Welcome to another Sunday Session podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. Craig Wing and Kenny Scott are in the studio to take you back through all eight games from a monster round 24. Plenty of action to get through. Boys, how are we going? Very well, very well. Yeah, doing really well, thanks. <laughs> I thought you might be. Um, why don't we start right there? The uh, the Tigers just put on a, another clinic after uh, putting the Knights to the sword last week. They are far too good for the Dragons. It was close for a bit, but uh, they just ran away with it. All I can say is, Tigers fans, get your grand final tickets now <laughs> because it is happening. We are coming home from the wilderness and it's it's finally, I can feel it. Uh, um, so good. But no, no, in all seriousness, it was it was a great win, but you're right, the, the Dragons were definitely in it. Um, like the first half was quite tense. I think, what was it, 18-14 yeah. at halftime um, or something similar to that. Dragons threw a lot at them, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and like they dropped. They had two tries dropped over the line. Like if James yeah. Graham was, you know, had fingers, fingers that were like, yeah. you know, half a centimetre longer and um, uh, Tristan Saylor had not been so mm. emphatic in putting the ball down, it, like, it, you know, mm. it could have been a really different game because it didn't, it didn't run away until like the last 20 minutes. Mm. Um, but I was... You know, as a nervous a nervous Tigers fan, knowing the result of the game, the Raiders Sharks game, meaning that this game was like a live game, um, the, the the lead was never ever comfortable, and I was really nervous um, up until the second last try. I think was when I was like, okay, fine. Well, I really like their resolve in that game because the Dragons threw a lot at them, and you have you have to keep in mind the caliber of player that the Dragons actually got in their team. Mm. Um, plenty of big big name players in their team that can can uh, can capitalize on momentum, but the the Tigers. The Tigers just uh, held held it with them, and then just up the ante. And the Dragons just went back to what they usually do when it gets tough. They just don't deliver in the clutch moments. Mm. It's a, a massive game from young Paul Momorowski as well. We saw him a little bit down in the dumps a couple of weeks ago. Missed a uh, mm. fairly crucial uh, shot at goal. Um, three tries and slotting them from everywhere was a, a hall of points. Three yeah. tries, seven goals, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Best haul for a Wests Tigers player, I think, after Brett Hodgson oh, in wow. the 2005. And this is what his first season. Yeah, good yeah, on he him. Played a game or two played, for the played Roosters, a couple at the Roosters, but I think oh. he's only played about 12 first grade games or something. Yeah. So start of the future, yeah. absolutely. How good was Benji Marshall and Luke Brooks? Oh, so good, vintage Benji. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be scary for the Sharks next week. Benji Marshall with some confidence under his belt. Yeah, mm. they're going really well and combining well, I think, with um, Josh Reynolds, who again sort of was reverted back to the bench um, for kickoff. But uh, he's, I guess, playing like the Josh Reynolds we remember, just plenty of energy and wholehearted and, and throwing himself into it. So, what do you think happens next week? Like, I don't want to get too excited, but we're talking. I think Robbie just won't play. I think Robbie won't play. TBR, like, yeah. and it's. I mean, uh, the game means too much as well. Mm. So, it's just got to be the best guys that you can have on the field. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, no, fifty percent might make it through the game okay. or not. You've and just so you, you think Madge will stick with the same formula, which is keep uh, Reynolds on the bench yep. and then inject him at hooker. Um, mm. I guess that'd be a safe bet. Yeah. yeah, I don't think at his age, with the amount of footy he's played this year and with his shoulders, you can play in for eighty in the middle, and yep. it's working with him coming off the bench yeah. for fifty. Um, and there's always a lot of sting in the first ten or fifteen minutes, so exactly yeah. avoid all of that and then mm. um, bring him on. I mean, it's, it'd be a wonderful fairy tale for Robbie to come back at Leichhardt of all things and, and guide the Tigers into their first finals appearance in, in eight years. But with what's on the line for a guy who still can't probably put full weight on his leg to, to go into an yeah, NRL true. Game. We should give him a couple more weeks and get fully rested <laughs> so he can win the grand final for us yep. for the first yep. time. And yeah, <laughs> I've got to say, um, my absolute favourite moment of this game. Uh, 
Josh Reynolds shooting at a dummy half, putting Elijah Taylor, <laughs> of all people, into space, puts the dummy on the fullback, stumbles further into open space. He's looking for the support, then realises there's no one in front of him and he's got to go the rest of the way, falls over the line, and then the, the footage cuts back to the reaction of Benji Marshall when he scored the try and he's just doubled over with laughter. It's so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, Elijah, Elijah Taylor's not a known um, prolific try scorer, so I think the whole concept no. would have been foreign to him. <laughs> what am I doing up here? Why do I have the ball and why is there no one around me? Exactly, yeah. his response. Um, I guess sad times for the uh, the Dragons. Um, oh, they just need the season to end, I guess. So like you said, at the top wing, they've got plenty of good players, but it's just it's really not happening for them at the moment. Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff to get through in the off-season. And, um, yeah, I don't know, really don't know where... Uh, uh, Mary goes to for that um, mm. from there from here. So I'll tell you where he goes. I don't mean to be harsh, <laughs> but he's going to another club. Well, he's going away from this job, unfortunately. Like yeah, it's just the, 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 it's the, just the amount of um, fans are calling for yeah, it. Yeah, and like when the fans just, are calling for it, it's uh, yeah. Like the, the Dragons fans are loud about something every year. Sometimes it's positive because yeah. they're having a great year. Yeah. Other times it's it's not because they're having a poor year. But yeah. I, I haven't heard them be this loud. Like a sustained campaign against. Mm. Like to remove a coach, um, mm. the, yeah, this loud with this much traction. Um, yeah. I have this one. Yeah, well, it was our stouse for fifteen years, but that now that he's gone, Mary's the next in line. Yeah. Um, the earlier game was uh, this was a cracker. The uh, the Sharks and the Raiders, a strange kind of game. There not being five field goals in it, but um, ended up the uh, the Raiders in golden point, fifteen points to fourteen. This was a thriller. Poor old Sharkies can't get their uh, goal-kicking game in, in order, eh? Right? Well, it's cost them so many times this year. I'm just saying off-air, it was I think it was the fifth time this year, and they did it earlier three games straight where they scored more tries than their opponents and lost, and Canberra mm. was already mm. one of the teams that, that did it to them, so it's yeah. twice against Canberra now they've scored more tries and lost. They started off pretty well and um, scored some pretty classy tries, and there was even that one that... Um, that Morris missed out on, which was just oh, by a, oh, that's one of those tries where you're like, oh, why can't that be a try? Like, that, yeah. it's so it would have been so good. You want it to be a try, yeah. But it took the Raiders 50 minutes to get on the scoreboard, mm. um, but then they just came home strong. But um, yeah, look, I I think the Sharks are a bit unlucky uh, in a number of areas, um, and it's the they just keep getting injuries too. Mm. So it must be really tough for them to to really get their game plan going. Uh, for mine though, the Raiders, the Raiders seemed like they were a little bit off the ball in this game. Yeah, and they I were th- poor in the first half. The kicking game was off. Their energy was off. The errors were up. Was... Yeah, but they've been play. They play such a tough style of footy. And um, if I look at the way that they play, it's very focused on physicality. Um, their plays are not. They, they often they lack execution, and often they rely on being physical enough to beat the guy in front of you. Um, and that's only sustainable for a number of weeks. So I think they're always due this little bit of a dip. Uh, when I contrast them with, say, the Roosters or the Storm, the Storm and the Roosters, they have such good execution. They're always putting you under pressure and then it's your fatigue that, uh, or your mis- misread in defence is they're going to get points eventually, whereas the Raiders are just going to try and run over you. Um, throughout a finals campaign, I think that's going to, it's going to be hard, really hard for them to, to go the whole way through. But um, in saying that, they're the kind of team that I could really think on their day could could beat the Roosters or could beat the, the Melbourne Storm on their day. Um, 
So I think you know the Raiders moving forward in the final series, they're going to be the they're going to be the the furphy in there that could mm. really upset mm. um, the way things go. Mm. Well, based on that, probably you'd say their best chance would be like, they're obviously going to finish top four. Their best chance will be to win week one against yeah. Roosters or Storm, which they've you know they beat the Roosters down uh, sorry beat the Storm down there in Melbourne not that long ago, so they can yeah. do it. Then get the week off, and then they've only got you know two big yeah. performances left. And required. that 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 would be that'd be ideal for them. Um, yeah, um, what I thought with with this game. Sorry, I just want to interject. Um, <laughs> that's what you're here for. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. So it was a shame with like the Sharks lost, which was a shame for Gallon all that sort of stuff. But do you think that maybe they sort of went out uh, into that game thinking that the occasion and the crowd would win the game for them? Uh, no, not really. Um, so all that stuff is great during the week, but then in, after about five minutes, you really you forget about it mm. until the coach brings it up at halftime. Um, you, you, and the coach you, would say, "Don't worry about the yeah, crowd. Don't worry you, about the yeah, occasion." You just yeah. get caught up in it. Uh, you just get um, you get caught up in the game. But I'm sure someone like Paul Gallon would have had that rolling in the back of his head for the yeah. whole game, and it would have always been in front of mind for him. But uh, no, I, I don't think it'd be. Um, I don't think it would have. Uh, would have played too much of a role. Mm, yeah. I was going to say, I was watching the Sunday footy show in the morning and Paul Gallon was there doing a live cross into the studio Then I was driving to work and Paul Gallon was doing a live cross yeah. into Triple M. So he's doing the full <laughs> media rounds the morning of the uh, the game. But yeah, he's such yeah. an experienced campaigner. He's think? such an experienced campaigner. Obviously, he's, uh, he's trying to get as much uh, airtime as he possibly can <laughs> yeah. before it all goes away and mm-hmm. he's just got to sit on the other side of the fence. Yeah, he'll have uh, plenty more in the years to come, I think. You did touch on the injuries. They lost Sean Johnson really late in the warm-up. Mm. It's basically at the end of the warm-up with a, a quad strain, which... Um, talk that he's probably going to be okay next week, but also talk that he heard or, or felt a pop, which is a bit, a bit of a worry. Um, Dugan got a, a nasty head knock and rubbed out of the game with an HIA in the first half. Um, Matt Moylan's still out. Talk that he might be back next week, but three or four separate hamstring problems this yeah. year. It'd have to be a big concern there as well. So just a little bit battered, the Sharks, at the moment. Yeah, and moving forward, it's... Uh Almighty Tigers, mm-hmm. home game at Leichhardt. Um, Tigers are on a roll at the moment, a lot of confidence. I think today would have actually taken a lot out of the Sharkies, mm. um, both injury-wise, energy-wise, psychologically, um, only to come away with nothing. So um, I think they're really going to... Uh, they're really facing an uphill battle next week against the Tigers. I've probably, oh, I'm, can I'm, you, I'm, can I'm, you not I'm, say that? I'm going to back your Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, um, mm. it's probably a bad weekend of results, or obviously a bad weekend of results for, for teams like Newcastle and Penrith, who are now officially out of the running. But it does that just tantalising. It's really simple. Just winner takes all, all or nothing at yeah. Leichhardt Oval. Just whoever wins is in the finals. Game loses, of the round. Game so of the round for my know, line. And, and, that's, and that's taking into account uh, Roosters and Rabbitohs yeah, as well. Yeah. But so this, remember, uh, I think earlier this year the NRL released uh, like an idea around wildcard round or wildcard weekend mm. for uh, eight, seven, eight, nine, and ten to play off. This is like a taste of what it could be, and I, I think it, like it's basically a wildcard playoff for for the eighth position. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty cool. Like it's going to be an exciting <laughs> game. Should be a sellout, yeah. surely. Yeah, yeah. I think there was uh, a fairly lukewarm response to that proposal. But well, you know, <laughs> seeing as I'm pretty used to coming ninth, I yeah, was all for it. <laughs> it was the, it's called the Tigers' rule. Um, Saturday night, I was out at the uh, the SCG for this one. It wasn't a, a grand contest, but um, Panthers fought pretty hard. Ended up not being enough against the, the Roosters. They went down 22-6, but um, with their season on the line, at least they had a, a proper dig, I thought. But um, yeah, Roosters just didn't really get too far to second gear, but always like they had enough. Yeah, it was good to see them have a crack, but I think that game just 
just displayed the the, the difference in teams, uh, level of class as well. I mean, you can put as many points as you want early on against the Roosters, but if you're going to beat them, you have to pay for 80 because they're just... They don't really get too caught up in what you're doing. They're just focusing on what they're doing and they know that they're going to go down to the wire. I mean, the Roosters, very good defensive performance from them again. Um, that's probably the foundation that they build their club on over the last number of years. Um, you know, they had no Cronk, no Cordner. Uh, I thought... Um, friends still out, yeah. His friends still out. Um, well, those two guys might come back next week. Um, but... Uh, I think Angus Crichton's getting better as well. Mm. Uh, I think he's starting to come into his own. We had an old boys reunion the other day. Uh, when was it? On um, the other night, and uh, Trent Robinson was there, and he spoke, and he said they deliberately started off the season really late. They weren't aiming to peak. They didn't mm. actually do any hard training until after the World Club Challenge. They knew that they would sort of be a bit off the pace early in the year, halfway through the year, and. Um, and it was all about timing their under perfection. But uh, the thing that threw a spanner in the works was all the injuries that they had yeah. throughout the year. But they've done such a tremendous job just putting other players in those positions and they've gotten the job done, which has actually given them a huge advantage in the, in the, in the sense that they've all got depth, all their players... Um, have got a lot of game time under their belt, um, a lot of successful game time under their belt. So they're they're feeling very very confident going into this uh, going into this final campaign, knowing that they've got depth and they've got the players that can get it done. So um, look, I think the the Roosters are just really really building into something. And f from my point of view, uh, I'd probably back them to to win the comp at the mm, moment, yeah, just given yeah. given that the the path that they're treading and they just um, they're just so composed in all the situations that they place themselves in. But it'll be a different story, I think, uh, if you get a Roosters. Roosters Melbourne Storm Grand Final again yeah. because I don't yeah. see the Roosters losing two. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I um, actually interviewed Sam Beryls in the Sheds after this one. Um, they'll be on NRL.com on, on Monday morning, but he was sort of saying, um, even though he's played, I think it's nine or ten games now, Hutchison's played three for the Roosters since he's been back in the NRL, but those guys have been training in the spine with Cooper Cronk and Jake Friend and Luke Keery and James Tedesco and, you know, Lachlan Lamb and, and the other depth guys from january february when they came back like they yeah. you know they might have only had a couple of games each but they've been yeah. working in that system alongside each other consistently for the better part of you know eight or ten months and and the thing that stands out for these the 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 storm and the roosters the storm uh, the roosters seem to me are fast becoming like the storm in the sense that the guys that they put in really know their jobs. Mm. They, they yeah. play just as well as the guys that they replace. Um, and they seem like they have so much, so much depth with guys that you haven't really heard too much about. Mm. Um, so they have a, I think they've got a, they're really building into a club with really, really good foundations, really, really good systems. Um, and in, in the not too distant future, I can really see them, um, bringing through stars in exactly the same way that the Melbourne Storm do mm. in the fact that they'll probably be mirror, mirror images of the guys that, 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 they're, um, that they're replacing. So, um, yeah, good signs for the Roosters. I think it'll be interesting to see how things go for the Roosters next week against South because, like, mm. the, the Roosters, the, you know, the last well, the whole season basically been playing really well. Yeah. But I don't think they've had anyone that's really challenged them or really made them, like, push really hard their last, you know, the last couple of weeks. So I think... 
um, it'll be a really good indication of just how good or how yeah. like how much they can push a game when when they're up against like a really strong opposition. And the other, I guess, the thing with that game is that um, the Roosters have got uh, the Rabbitohs have got a team that can that can really play out of the box, hot potato style of footy that is. You can have the best defensive structures in the world, but they can they can put you under pressure because they just play unpredictable footy at times, and they're probably the best at it. So that'll be that'll be another good game for next week. Mm, it's an interesting one too because there's obviously that huge rivalry, and both teams really hate losing to the other team. But Roosters cannot finish anywhere other than second now. They've got yeah. absolutely mm. got that one spot sewn up. They can't move up. They can't move down. It's there's not really a lot to play for other than you know wanting a, to win a, a game of footy. Whereas South, if they lose, they can still drop out of the top four if they win they're guaranteed um, to finish in that top four and get two bites of the cherry so they'd have to be a, a more desperate side you would think next Thursday night than, uh, than what the Roosters will be yeah. um, anything you want to say about Penrith before we move on um, God, yeah. what a disappointing season that's, yeah. I mean yeah. that's all you can say really yeah. nine debutants. I think six of them on show in, in that game. Yeah. Would have been seven if Mitch Kenny didn't get hurt during the, the week um, do we feel like there's you know some some confidence there that, that next season will be better with all those, you know, they've moved on, you know, Dallin and, and Wonga Blake and a few players and they've had all these young guys coming through. Maloney leaves. There'd, um, there'd, the there'd have to be a bit of confidence given this, the horrible, horrible start that they had this year <laughs> um, and new coach, all that kind of stuff. But look, they, they started to win a few games. They had that little run not too long ago. Mm. Um, there's something to take out of that. As you said, the debutants now have some experience, something to build upon. But um, overall, disappointing season. But I don't know. <laughs> Off-season's a long yeah, time. I think yeah. the big yeah. like improvement um, they could look to is that they'll just have one dominant half next year. Yeah. It's Nathan Cleary, um, yeah. and that's it. And I guess you can sort of lean on that. And the encouraging sign with that is, is when he when he's been on his own, he's actually played quite mm. well, and yeah. they've played quite well as a team. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so the previous game was the Seagulls up against the Storm at Lotto Land. Um, it was billed as you know, one of the matches of the round, but um, you know, didn't pan out as a, a tight contest at all. The Storm were absolutely dominant, absolutely on fire, mm. and for Manly, uh, it was a shocking night. Really, lost uh, Tommy Trevojevic to a season-ending injury right at the start of the game, and just never looked like it after that. Yeah, um, look, terrible conditions out there. Yeah. But you wouldn't have picked it watching the Storm play. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, yeah. that's no excuse for either team because both teams have to play in it. Can't go past the loss of uh, Tommy Turbo. I think that could be, that could be catastrophic for, the, uh, for Manly. But um, look, the Storm, just too clinical. But Manly, they were they were really down in the. It seems like they went away from the things that got them to where they are now. Mm. Good completions was probably the the one that highlighted it the most. I think they completed at sixty eight percent, which is definitely not good enough in those conditions when you're playing against a Melbourne Storm with that are completing at eighty four percent. So no no team is ever going to beat um, um, yeah. the Melbourne Storm with that, and Melbourne Storm had sixty percent possession, so they just they just absolutely tore them apart. Um, yeah, it's a look number of injuries from the Seagulls in that game, but I think um, overarching all that, it, it'd be a good wake up call for them to to, to show that look. The thing that's going to work best for them is is that they got to get the basics right, and and that really relies around the uh, around the completions and the little little one percenters in the game. Mm. We, we saw earlier in the year they were winning a lot of games while Tommy Turbo was out. He obviously had yeah. that that long hamstring injury, and even you know 
DCE was missing games during that period as well with his ankle and they were still winning games and you had, you had Cade Cust or Kane Elgy or Brennan Elliott, these guys coming in and doing pretty well. But I mean, it's one thing to, to win some mid-season NRL games like yeah. that, but to beat you know top four teams in a, a finals campaign is probably a, another thing. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be pretty tough. But um, it was on the Melbourne side of things. Geez, they were sharp, particularly mm. if you think about the conditions and everything. Their forward packs were running hard. They were just the way that they. If you ever want to see a team um, uh, execute a game plan, you look at Melbourne Storm, yeah. and and it's very very. You realise very very quickly who they're trying to target, mm. um, and what the the idea of their game plan is. Watching them just be relentless attacking um, that manly right-hand side and just pulling it apart. It was um, it was a really, really good display of footy. If there's one passage of play that I just think perfectly personifies Melbourne, it was that, um, like, the Justin Olin break for the where he's offloaded to Munster and George Tafua just hit him with, like, one of the hits of the year. <laughs> yeah. But... Gets up straight away off to Cameron Smith, who then keep, just keeps rolling forward, and yeah. they get it. They mm-hmm. um, like force a force a dropout. It's just like they don't let anything stop them. Like yeah. that, and any other team, you know, everyone would have stopped and like you know, um, you know, wow, what was that? It would have let them affect them. But yeah. Melbourne just keep going and going and going. It's just so mechanical, like, yeah. you know, and I mean that in a complimentary way. Like it just, it's just one thing leads to the next thing, and nothing gets in the way of that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with Melbourne. They're just they're on track. They've been here before. They know how they need to time things, and and, and they've just got one thing in their minds. And um, like I was saying before, that you know I don't I can't really they M- Melbourne perform at such a high level that I can't see them going any higher. But look, second time round after the the bitter taste of, mm-hmm. of, of losing so convincingly last year. Perhaps they can go to another level. Mm, yeah. yeah, a few things in there. I'm glad you touched on it. The Tafua tackles, I was going to bring those yeah. up. It's yeah. shades of Steve Maddai. He's just It's a combination of timing and, and technique and just picking his target. But he's put some absolute bone rattlers on this year and that was probably the best of them. He the, d- the look on his face after the month's ticket, like, he was like, is, is everything okay? Like, is it, are we cool? Are we cool, guys? Like, is he still breathing? Yeah. <laughs> it was It was almost the yeah. best part, which is yeah. that innocent little look on his face. Yeah. Like, we all good? We're, yeah. we're fine? Yeah. And then he got, Pappenhausen about five yeah. minutes later with an almost as good shot, which normally mm. would be the, the tackle of the week. Um, yes, that was good stuff. Going to uh, be uh, going to be a big test for the Seagulls next week. Uh, that'll yeah. be another good game yeah. against uh, against one. Para at Bankwest too. They were yeah. way too good for Para not that long ago. But I, um, I reckon that'd be a, a bigger test for Para, right? Because mm. Para they seem to be on the decline somewhat. They've lost mm. two games that they should have won. They're um, both really sort of tough, gritty, hard fought. Losses that were, you know, they weren't. Oh yeah, they weren't by no means. They were in both and Prady yeah. so I think, and they they defended reasonably well in both, which is mm. probably the the encouraging part. So is that, that a uh, is that a uh, the res- will the result of that game determine who gets the t- like fourth spot? So uh, if Souths win on Thursday night, mm. top four is locked up. Right. If Souths lose, then Manly need to win and bridge whatever differential is left, which I think between the two results is about thirty points. Okay. Um, so it might be out of reach and then I don't know if you know if Eels beat Manly by 12 or more or 13 or more they can jump to fifth and Manly go to sixth but I'm not it's much of a muchness really mm. you think between fifth and sixth it's a, a home final against a bottom yeah. bottom of the eight team either way um the previous game, the first Saturday game, Knights against the Titans. Um, oh, where do I start? Knights scored a lot of points in the game. 
I mean, the, so many talking points here. The um, you know the terrible crowd was saying off air is worst in 22 years, worst ever mm. on Old Boys Day, fourth worst in the, the club's history. So there was talk of like a fan boycott for that game. Yeah, do, do, do you I'm think sure that any of that played had... into it. Yeah, okay. I mean, the, the weather was bad, but mm. they've had better crowds in worse weather in the last mm. couple of years and, and in seasons where the, the finals were long since out of reach. Whereas yeah. um, this one, I think they were, yeah, they were still alive at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, a, I guess, a disappointing crowd. But it was a good performance. You know, all their, all their key guys played well. But, I mean, you've got to note the, the calibre yeah. of the opposition as well. Yeah. The, look, it took the... Uh, it took the... Uh, the, the night's a little bit to actually click into gear, which was, uh, was a bit, mm. I guess it's not so surprising, but um, I don't know. I, it's good to see that they got the points that they did because looking at the Knights, uh, the Titans, I just get the feeling that they don't have any defensive structure or they don't have any um, idea in what they're doing in defence. Yeah. They can be they, they can be quite poor. And given, the, given the, the attacking players that the Knights have got, you know, I would have expected them to score a number of points. Terrible conditions up there. Uh, as you said, the, the crowd was, was a bit disappointing. Uh, there's, they've got a lot of things going up there in Newcastle at the moment. And um, I don't know, I guess it'd be a bit hard to play footy under. But look, mm. look they're gone now. So um, they're gone, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gone. Yeah. So um, yeah, just they've got to try and get one more win and then start planning their trip away at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, for all the dramas they've had and the, the we've all said how poorly it's been handled and, and sort of the, you know, the, the PR damage, but they're not in that bad of a spot for next year. They've got a pretty good roster, you mm. know, between Ponga, Pierce, Clemmer and, um, you know, a lot of other, you know, some decent forwards, some yeah. decent guys coming through. And if they do end up with Adam O'Brien, who it looks like they will, he's been touted as the next sort of super coach in waiting for a while, come yeah. through... Storm system under Craig Bellamy for a really long time, a couple of years under Trent Robinson at the Roosters. Like they, they've got the pieces there to actually have a proper tilt next year. Absolutely, and they, they actually pulled together a decent um, a decent game plan this year and had um, – there was a period where they went through a run where they just had good culture. They were doing the little mm. things right. He would have the, – the incoming coach would have seen that, and mm. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he, how he makes the most of that. Um, they were my team that I was sort of picking that were going to sneak into the eight. Obviously, they've just missed out, but I think everyone was. Uh, I think they probably performed to expectations. I think they finished up yeah. about to expectations. Yeah. yeah, I think they were they were almost last after six or seven weeks, and that was below expectations. And they were almost fourth after the winning run, and that was above. Mm. It's ended up sort of cancelling out, and they finished up just outside the eight, which I think... I mean, that's where I had him. I had him about yeah. sort of 10th, yeah. and that's... Yeah. But I got, I got the feeling that there are a couple of guys, well, a lot of guys in that team outside the, the star players that, that got some good experience this year in terms of knowing what the little things are that they need to do on the field to get a game won. Uh, they got to experience a, 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 a winning streak. And um, I think, a, yeah, they, they've, they've got the foundations there where they can have a proper crack next year. Um, on the Titans, so you said that they've lost their last 10. So the Titans, like we can yeah. openly say, the, the Titans are not good. They're a bad team. Right now they're a really awful team. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, been a, like, it's been a long time since there was an established cellar-dwelling team mm-hmm. in the league. Like it, it's got shades of like, you know, ARL 1995, Magpies, South, mm-hmm. like about it. Like, it's a weird one. Like the, in the middle of last year, 
uh, when Queensland were having dramas in the halves, there, there were people legitimately putting forth Ash Taylor as a possible origin debutant. He was right up there for try assists. He was near the top of the errors as well, but he had heaps of try assists. His confidence has obviously deserted him this year. They lost Ryan James, who's one of their most important players, to an ACL injury mm. at the start of the year. They've had a lot of little bits and pieces go wrong. Even with all those pieces and excuses, they've still drastically underperformed mm. um, and you know, obviously parted ways with the, the coach, but if they keep, I mean, they need to keep Jai Arrow. I think we probably all agree he's just head and shoulders their, their best forward all year. They probably get Ryan James back. Hopefully, you know, Ash Taylor gets himself right in the off season, and a few other things go right. You know, AJ Brimson, who's probably had some injuries this year, takes over as full time fullback. You know, there's potential there for for improvement. Well, there's a lot of room for improvement. Well, <laughs> you get the right, for it to actually happen. You get the right coach uh, with the right coaching philosophies, and that can put a bit of steel in them as well. Uh, I think the first point of call for me with them is just their defence. They need Mm. some defensive structures, defensive systems that they just do not go away from um, because it's very hard to work out how to fix their defensive structures at the moment with the decision-making that the players are making on the field. Mm. Like You can't really say, oh, that's a defensive structure problem because guys are just making decisions like all over the place. And there's no correlation between what they do one minute and what they do the next minute. So, And that's why the opposition teams are picking them apart so easily. But that was probably my reason a um, number of weeks ago where I was saying that they probably should have gone all out for a really old head coach mm. that could bring all of that stuff. Um, but they're the things that they need to... They're the things they really need to work on mm. on the off-season. What, what do they play for? What is the foundations of their style of play? What is their foundations of their attack? Um, and just getting everybody across that. Because unless you have that, you can't really build on top mm. of... You've, you've got nothing to build upon. So who would have been your... The old heads, who would have been your pick for coach? You can have anyone. If you could have anyone. Yeah, Bellamy. <laughs> would have yeah, he, Bellamy. Does he count as an old yeah. head? Oh, oh, He's a current yeah. head. <laughs> well... Oh, you mean yeah, all no, no, like the Tim so, Sheens or like, like oh, a, well, I, I, Tim I, Sheens would just be? Yeah, I would have picked someone like like a tough taskmaster. You kind of need like a NRL.com's own Matthew Elliott, someone <laughs> that's going to go through and rip through them and put the fear of God into them as well mm, to some mm. certain extent. You know, you got those ones that are good for two or three years, and then you kind of got to move them on, otherwise they're going to burn guys out. It's <laughs> like a Madge McGuire, sort yeah, of. like yeah. a Madge McGuire, like a Ricky Stewart, like a. Yeah. I don't know who else is there, but um, mm. that that style of guy. Mm. Did you play with Justin Holbrook at the Roosters? Yeah, I played. Yeah, yeah I played with him uh, for a number of years. Yeah. Good guy. I just, yeah. um, you know, like I wouldn't. I, I never really thought of him as a coach, but mm. um, you know, there's a heap of guys that have. Uh, once they finish footy and they look at it yeah. from the coach's point of view, they're, they're actually very, very good. So, mm. um, yeah, cool. I'm sure he's got some some good good things going for him yeah and we obviously all you know wish him the, the very best when he gets there we'd love to see the, the club doing a bit better um, anyway back through to Friday night footy and it was the Broncos up against the Eels this one was a real thriller went to Golden Point some huge individual performances uh, a bit disappointing I guess in the, the Parramatta front but um, Brisbane they confirmed their um, their finals appearance with a, uh, a 17-16 win Mm, it's a great game too. Two big forward packs going at it mm. with each other. Um, that was good to see. Some some big boppers there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, the, the momentum clearly went with either team at various stages in the game, and it was it was good to see it finish in a, in a grandstand finish. I guess both teams were pretty evenly matched um, with the finals on their mind. Um, I really get the feeling with the Broncos, there's something brewing there. There's there's mm. 
whether it's this year in this finals campaign or for next year, I think um, they're finally getting their head around the way Seabold wants them to play and he's starting to see a, a bit of results. Probably took a lot longer for him this year than it, it, it did for him at the Rabbitohs. When he first yeah. started at the Rabbitohs, they had a really, really slow start, but then when it clicks, it clicks really well. Um, probably took him longer than it should have to actually pull the trigger on that Milford-Darius switch. Yeah. I know, you know Darius has been everyone's favourite punching bag mm. this year and, and keen to blame him for everything under the sun, but I thought that was probably his best game of the season. Yeah, um, it, it was it was phenomenal. Yeah. The way, the way yeah. he responded. He looks fast too. Yeah. yeah. He but, fast but like, compare... Because he's, yeah, like you said, he's been everyone's favorite, favorite punch bank for the whole season. You compare his game against South, which was poor. Like, yeah. it was a, but then compare that to this week. It was like, it's like he had new life. He had new spirit, mm. um, energy, determination. It was, it was amazing. He had a fantastic game. Mm. But look, you know, all of that stuff comes off their forward pack when their yeah. forward pack's going forward. Like, even Milford's kicking game was good mm. yep. uh, because you put him on the front foot with a front foot ball to kick. He's, he's great as well. Uh, so a lot of credit's got to go to those those young forwards that they got there. Mm. I mean, we were talking about it before. Payne Haas played 82 minutes. How big that guy is! He topped the tackle count and he topped the most meters. Yeah. So that was 48 a, and 234. I think it was. huge effort from him. Um, oh, and and then you got Fafita with his 15 tackle breaks. Mm. Uh, he's, is he still a teenager? Yeah, absolutely yeah. he is. 15 yeah. tackle breaks. The next best was someone in his team with five and the next one mm. on the opposition. Uh, the top in the opposition was a four tackle break. So wow. um, some good good stuff there. As you said, Darius Boyd, probably his best game all year. Um, and in their forward pack, they had Fafida, Payne Haas and Gillette all playing 82 minutes. Wow. So and that's, no um, Joe Offahengawi and no Tevita Pangoi. No Tevita Pangoi Jr., so... Look, you saw them at when I saw them at the end of the game and how much they were cheering, how much they were all over each other. Mm. I, I really, it was really good to see because it feels like it's um, it'd be a pretty good place to be right now. Yeah, and you mentioned Fafita's tackle breaks. They weren't those yeah. crabbing sideways across field and no. fending blokes tackle breaks. They were running through for a try and then that gigantic line break just set up for that match-winning field goal at the start of Golden Point. Two absolute game-breaking plays. Is I don't think they win that game without uh, without his contributions. So that was a massive play from David Fafita. And it, was, it, was, it was just yeah. like yeah. it was fun. It was excellent. Um, but do you think, as as a as a para fan, actually, how do you feel about the what seems to be, I'm sure, a very tired defence, but didn't seem to be particularly desperate defence in trying to stop him. I mean, he's just such a monster. I don't mm. know, 82 minutes in and you've got a, a bloke like that just with a big steam engine piston legs yeah. pumping. It's, I mean, it's disappointing, but, um, yeah, you'd like to... He probably he was almost completely stopped a couple of times and then somehow kept going. Um, you know, they, they sort of had the, the field goal blockers up as well on mm. that, that last play. I think that probably would have stopped... Um, the field goal going over but um, yeah I think it's probably decent signs there for, for Paramount I think Mitch Moses probably had his quietest game in a, a fairly long yeah. time um, what about uh, what about Blake Ferguson is there a, a player <laughs> that is better at like flirting with the touchline oh, his whole <laughs> body was out for that try his whole body was out for that try the thing is like if you, you watch in slow motion he knew when he had to flick his heels up yeah. to, to, to just avoid touching the ground for that extra split second before he put the ball in like he just has so such awareness of yeah. like where he is and where the ball needs to be uh, it's what a skill in normal time watching that you're like oh his legs are gone it's yeah, touch yeah. it's no try yeah. and then you see it and he somehow keeps everything up until mm. the ball's down it's phenomenal 
Um, but yeah, like you said, a blockbuster at Banquest deals in, uh, in Manly uh, next Friday evening. That'll be a, a huge one. Um, but the previous game to this one was um, the other early Friday game, the Warriors at home to the Rabbitohs. And um, it's really close for a fairly long time. And mm. then second half, Bunnies just put them away. Yeah, actually, you know what? I really enjoyed the physical start from both teams. Mm. There's some big hits there. Yeah. Um, you know, I criticised the Rabbitohs a number of weeks ago, not showing in, in, enough intent in their defensive line. Um, and it was pleasing for me to see from the get-go they were really rushing off the line and trying to hit hard. But by the same token, the, um, the Warriors came at them as well uh, yeah. in, in defence. It's good to see Alex Johnson come back from injury and get through unscathed, score a try. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good. Cameron Murray, outstanding. Oh, glad you yeah. said that. Man. What a season he's, ha- <laughs> he's having, eh? Hey? Uh, Campbell Graham looked pretty good in the centres. Yeah, that's his uh, spot. It's a bit like, reminds me a bit of Braden Burns. I, I think he played his juniors in the centres, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he came through, uh, I think, under Freddie in the junior reps as a, a centre as well. Mm. Um, so he's certainly not playing out of position if he is. I think, is James Roberts back next week or he's got, is he two weeks out? Two, I, I think two he's weeks two out, yeah, he's yeah. got one more. So you might see Campbell Graham in the centres again. But the, the, the pleasing thing for me was, look, look the, the Warriors, typical Warriors, go hard, um, pressure starts to build. And go they, hard, then stop. And then they, <laughs> they do something like a stupid penalty or try and do a shoulder charge. Or like or, a, like a three-metre dropout. Uh, like, just, that was, just something yeah. silly. But the pleasing thing for me was the Bunnies just kept the pressure on, kept the pressure on, and they just, they just went away with it. 90% completion is the foundation of what they need to do going forward. Like, if they hold the ball, they were still throwing the ball around, gives them more more opportunities to attack. They started to, you know, they punched a few holes in the Warriors, started to show a little bit of mojo in their attack as well, which is which is really important for them. Um, tackle breaks were high, line breaks were high, so a uh, bit of a confidence-building game for the Rabbitohs moving forward. Mm, do we think Alex Johnston goes back to fullback next week? Uh, I'm not sure. Look, I, I think just watching him move, I still felt like he was a little bit timid. I think the, I think that game was probably really, really confidence building for him. Um, in terms of putting him back to fullback, mm. I mean, if they're going to win the comp, it needs to be him at fullback over mm. Adam Dewey. You would think. Yeah. It's just how how many weeks do they give him there? I mean, uh, after this Roosters game, it's then into the, the finals mm. and you don't want to be changing too much. Well, he's, he, he's gotten through that game unscathed. Um, yeah. So he's going to have a full week uh, under his belt as well. So, I mean, like you said, it's finals time coming up. Big game against the Roosters with that rivalry. Um, it's almost like a semi-final in itself when you attach the, uh, the rivalry and everything else surrounding it. Um, and it's the last game going into the finals. So it's a... It's a must-win game for both teams. So, um, yeah, I'd put him back there. Uh, and the Warriors, just another season that didn't live up to expectations or, or their talent. It's kind of the, the same old story. You can probably it? give them a pass. Well, actually, not a pass, but and, uh, I mean, a, a reason Johnson, for yeah, losing Sean Johnson. Yeah. But, of course, that's not an excuse because that was self-inflicted. Like, you don't get rid yeah. of your staff halfback without a plan to have, like, replace him. Mm. Um, yeah. Really, really disappointing. Similar to um, uh, the Panthers, just season that could have been that wasn't. Mm. Yeah, I think they just need a couple of guys there um, that just have really high work weights, but have just got no flashiness about them whatsoever. 
that yeah. do all the little bits and pieces that nobody sees but only the other play, players recognise and they need to be scattered throughout the team. Yeah. Whether, you know, it's, it's a back rower, maybe a hooker and maybe one half or something like that. Mm. I reckon they need to, like, completely... It'll take a while to do this, but can flip the culture around so that rather than having New Zealand bla- New Zealand based players who are you know at home in New Zealand, mm. do it like Melbourne Storm style, where basically the team is your family. Yeah. So start getting guys that like recruiting guys from Australia, so they'll be like they need to be in the team. They'll be build that kind of culture yeah. um, where there's no one you have, don't really have anyone from outside the team you know in your life regularly. That'd be um, an interesting take on things. Well, yeah. I mean, I, th- I just think because. I could see that working. Well, yeah, mm. that, I think that's one of the reasons why Melbourne have such a strong culture is because you, without the team, you have nobody else in that city. Yeah. Um, and I just think it, it just it, maybe it's just too easy to not focus on the team um, when all your family is, is mm. in New Zealand. Yeah. That's just a hot take from the K man. Yeah. <laughs> it is a radical one. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I do. Crazy enough to work. I mean, you can't. You do still want. You know, they're the flagship. NRL team in New Zealand, so you want some Kiwi stars in there. Like we saw how massive, you know, Sean Johnson was and Roger Tuivasa-Shek mm-hmm. currently is. So um, you kind of need those, you know, local-born superstars. I think ideally, yeah. but a, a sprinkling of the old, you know, the old Ryan Hoffman or Steve Price type in there. But they, they the always they always had like one Steve Price and one Ryan Hoffman. They need, I think, they need half a team of Steve Prices. Like obviously, half a team of props is going to do you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I do take your point. Um, the first game of the round feels like a long time ago now the uh, the Cowboys sent out their old uh, stadium a, a winner won 300 smiles the last game there 15 points to 8 and a nail biting finish <laughs> uh, should we talk about the finish to start with <laughs> yeah let's talk about the finish to start with and finish with it <laughs> uh, no it was look it was a game it was a game that happened. It was yeah. good. It was good to see the. Look, it was sad to see the Broncos' winning streak come to an end. Ah, uh, the Bulldogs', Bulldogs winning streak, streak come yeah. to an end. It was also good to see that the, the Cowboys play their last game there with something to cheer about. Send off a legend of the game or a couple of them, mm. uh, particularly with Matt Scott in in, in winning fashion. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, it was, wasn't too much to the game. wasn't too exciting to watch, particularly from a, an attacking execution point of view. Um, but on a bright note, I, I really can't wait to see the new stadium that they have up there next year. Yeah. So, well, right so in the, the bright CBD note is they turn the stadium down. Yeah. yeah. Have you? Uh, did you play up there? I did. I played yeah. up there a number of times. But um, look, that that. I think the new stadium thing is going to be awesome for mm. there because one of my favourite trips away was always uh, was always the Cowboys. Um, mm. Firstly, a lot of players have said yeah, this. Firstly, because of the crowd, there was yeah. always there was always a big crowd there. But then after the festivities afterwards as well, uh, it was such a cool town. But you would always find that it's not just the people in the town; it's all the satellite all the satellite town, set towns, they just come from miles and miles and mm. miles. To, and to have a, a first-class stadium uh, in the heart of the city, it's just mm. going to do wonders. And it's going to be the kind of place where even even people from, uh, the, from the Sydney teams or the teams from interstate, they're going to want to fly there to watch a game there because mm. it's, it's like a holiday that weekend afterwards. It's just a really, really, um, really, really good atmosphere and it's a, it's a great place to go and watch footy. I think some of your former teammates, I think Freddie might have said during yeah. the week, there was a bit of a, if you don't get the win, you don't get to go to the Mad Cow sort of yeah, really yeah, operation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that, that's, a, um, that's enough to play for as it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the the Bolton conversion as yeah. well. <laughs> the, the the rugged old prop just nailing one between the. Uh, and what the a great post. kick as well, wasn't it? Was perfect. Was just, yeah, yeah, straight through. Was good. Yeah, just a little bit of shape straight over the black dot. Um, some contentious bunkering decisions. Do we want to turn to them quickly? Nah, not really. <laughs> so where do where do the um, who do the Cowboys and the Bulldogs have next week? Uh, Cowboys are down in Melbourne, yeah. which you would mm. probably not expect them to win, and Bulldogs have Brisbane. Bulldogs could do some damage. Yeah. Um, well, the, the Bulldogs' problem in this game is they weren't playing a top eight team. They, mm. they seem to beat all the top <laughs> eight teams. So yeah, that's, that's going to be Maybe that could one. be the key against uh, Brisbane. I mean, in Brisbane, it doesn't really matter if they lose. I don't think they've made the finals now. They can't. No, 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 no. If the Broncos lose and it is a draw between the Sharks and the Tigers, a ninety-minute draw, right? The Broncos, I think, have like a negative fifty for and against or something, so that will knock them out. Oh, really? It could happen. Oh, wow! It could well, happen. You're telling me there's a that, chance. That's yeah. That's <laughs> it. If they lose, if they win, then obviously not. Yeah, right. Well, um, but I, yeah. To play for. <laughs> I do think there's a chance the Bulldogs could could beat the Broncos. I really do. Oh, absolutely. I, I think I think there's a there's a slim chance there yeah. too. Mm. Um. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap this baby up? Uh, no, not really. Bring on next week. Bring yeah, on next week. Some I'll good start. games there. I'll see you at Lightshot Oval. I will start setting up my tent tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be in the office, but um, I'll be thinking of you. Um, obviously, uh, thanks to everyone once again for joining us, and we look forward to uh, seeing you this time next week. Next week. See ya.